But you don't hear me though. QP Nation, it's your boy Vince. We're back on the air for B-Ball Monday. We're going to bring it real hot, real heavy, real raw. All day, every day. On today's program, we're going to talk a little bit about Charlotte's Hornets forward, Gordon Hayward, and the job that he's doing down in Charlotte. We're also going to talk about Steph Curry and where he's at, little milestone that he passed. We're also going to talk about the Brooklyn Nets. Can't talk about basketball without talking about the Brooklyn Nets nowadays. But we have some help on the way for Steve Nash. I can't wait for that part of the show. Today's going to be real heavy on college basketball in the future. You're going to hear a lot about G League guys. You're going to hear a player profile. Um, and you're going to hear a lot about our rookie watch that we are trying to get sponsored. So we keep on sliding sponsors in there until we get sponsored. All that. And we also pay tribute to the late, great Kobe being Bryant. That's going to be the show. And I do have a surprise for B-Ball Monday. So without further ado, I don't want to hold anything back. It's time for the show. Let's go get it. Hoop Hits, QP Nation, we're back with nudes and notes on a B-Ball Monday. Our first stop is in Charlotte, where Gordon Hayward knocked down a game winner last night. He scored 39 points last night. Now, a couple nights ago, before that game, he scored 34. So, Gordon Hayward is doing exactly what we thought he would do in Charlotte. He would be a good pro, he would be a good mentor for LaMelo, and he would help teach that young team how to be a professional NBA basketball player. And he's doing every bit of that. And see, the great thing about this is, is that he's also performing well. He's averaging 24 points, 5.5 rebounds, and 3.5 assists a game. So, solid numbers across the board. Charlotte is very competitive. LaMelo is coming along, and we will talk about him in the rookie watch. So, Charlotte, that $30 million, I told Coach T, this was going to be a good pickup because of the fact that he was the right man for the job. His game was still there. He was going to be productive. I felt that. And it was just more of a situation, could he stay healthy? Now, obviously, we're still early in the year. He could have the potential risk break or whatever. For right now, he's given that team a purpose and an identity that they were sorely lacking that they did not have the last couple years. And it marriages right well with LaMelo Ball. 
and where he is on his trajectory to become a star. Okay, Lomelo is doing very well. He's playing about 25 minutes a game. We won't go into all of what he's doing because we'll save that for the rookie watch. But Gordon Hayward is really helping him along, and I'm glad to see that. And I'm glad to see Charlotte being very entertaining. I definitely check him out as much as I possibly can. And every time I see him, it's great. It's just fun basketball. There's not a lot on the line. You know they're not really going anywhere, but the games are competitive. There's a more of a fighting spirit on the Hornets team this year. And it's good to see. It's good for the city of Charlotte. It's good for basketball. So, Hornets Nation, little shout out to you and your basketball team that's headed in the right direction. Our next note comes from the Bay Area. Steph Curry is now second all-time in three-point shots, and he's done it in half the games, right? He just passed Reggie Miller second all-time, okay? Now, I took Reggie... As far as games, it was like 1,800, you know, or something like, I'm sorry, it was like 1,300 games. Sorry, it wasn't 18. Um, And like Steph has done it in like 700. My man is about three, about three and change away from Ray Allen, who's number one. So next year, early, that's probably going down. Steph is just doing it real big up in Oakland. We are real excited about having Steph, one of the Splash Brothers, back and doing what he does best, which is just hit bombs from like 30 feet. So it's so cool to have Steph back doing his thing. Congrats, Steph Curry, on your being second all-time and three-point shots made. We can't wait for you to break that record of Jesus Shuttleworth. He got game. Ray Allen. Ray still has beef with Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce. But Ray was a great shooter. And it's good to see the next generation just dialing up even more. And it's good for the game. Our last note is the Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets are now a... You know, big three, we have Kevin Durant, who's doing excellent, you know, averaging like 27 points a game. It just feels right. Then we have James Harden comes over in a trade, all accounts, playing hard, doing what he can, scoring, rebounding, putting up triple doubles left and right. Then we have Kyrie Irving, who's come back in the last three, about three games. And Kyrie is getting buckets. They are absolutely tearing it up. So offensively, they are as built. Okay, they are terrifying as an offensive team. They are allowing a bunch of points, though. Okay, Uh, the defense that we were worried about going into this, you know, this union of this big three was, were they going to be able to play defense? Was this team going to be able to stop anybody? And the early results are no. There's a lot of missed assignments, which you would think as a team would grow, 
and as the team would become cohesive, it will get better. So obviously this is not a unilateral indictment that is always going to be this way. But right now, like Cleveland is getting in on Brooklyn. I don't know if you caught those two games last week, but Cleveland sat there and dropped 145 on the Nets. So you're sitting there going, okay, you know, guy got hot, overtime, all that. So the points go a little, or go up a little bit, obviously. But 145 points, I don't care if it's an overtime game or 48 minutes. That's a lot of points to give up. It's just a ton. Um, then they followed it up with scoring 125 on the second game in that series. So in two games, they scored 270 points on the Brooklyn Nets. My question is, is what's up with the defense? Who is going to help Brooklyn with defense? My thought is that Brooklyn and Steve Nash, they need a life coach, okay? They need somebody to help them out. To get them centered and get them ready. We sent Kyrie last week to Saban's Oasis. And he came back fine. He came back great. Unfortunately, the life coach that we all usually go to. Which is famed Tony Robbins. We can't go to him right now. Because... If you listen to Football Friday, if you are a dual podcast listener, welcome. If this is your first pod, welcome. But if you're a dual podcast listener, you know that I have Jared Goff for the Los Angeles Rams, the quarterback for the Los Angeles Rams, going to Tony Robbins right now. So he was unavailable to us. So... What I did is I went to one of my trusty producers. Shouts out to Belinda, my wife, who is awesome. And we interviewed life coaches for the Brooklyn Nets. So let me give you one of the quotes of one of the life coaches that we, uh, we talked to. This comes from Seth Godin. Change is not a threat. It's an opportunity. Survival is not the goal. Transformative success is. So that's pretty good information from Seth Godin. Okay? I think Brooklyn could use something like this. I think this would be invaluable to their team building process. Now, my wife sent me one other. And this is uh, from Michelle Ruiz. It says, if people are doubting how far you can go, go so far that you can't hear them anymore. Ah, this is good information. This is information that QP Nation as a whole can use. QP Nation as a community can use these type of quotes and these type of ideas to galvanize together. But we're trying to help Brooklyn out. 
with my wife being so generous and helping me in this process, I also did find a life coach for the Brooklyn Nets as well. And it's that famous life coach that we all know. He is one of the greatest human beings on the face of the planet. He was also a big part of the 90s and early 2000s for me as he worked in an entertainment field that I truly love. Now he's gone on to global success and the guy that I believe could be the right life coach for the Brooklyn Nets is one Dwayne The Rock Johnson. That's right. Dwayne The Rock Johnson has words for the Brooklyn Nets. That's good advice, too, to the Brooklyn Nets. You know what I'm saying? So I'm thinking that Dwayne The Rock Johnson could be the Brooklyn Nets life coach and help them cohesively come together <laughs> and start playing some semblance of defense. Okay, so jokes aside, we're looking for Brooklyn to play better defense. Obviously, they have three talented individuals and we'll see within the next 20 games what the plan is and see if they can gather somebody else to help them because right now it's awful on defense and that's just where they are. So Brooklyn, my advice to you is get on Instagram and direct message the great one, the most electrifying man in sports entertainment history Dwayne The Rock Johnson and have him come in and talk to the Brooklyn Nets go into some scouting reports that I have been working on feverishly to get to you. We've been efforting to get some information on G League guys and I talked to somebody that got some tape on the scrimmages from the G League Ignite team or the G League Elite team that has all the potential draft prospects on it. So, you know, guys like Isaiah Todd, Jalen Green, uh, Jonathan Kaminga. So I talked to this gentleman earlier and he gave me some insight on what's going on down there and some of the early returns on some of the guys. So I'm going to bring that to you right now. Here is our G League Elite Profile which I'm excited about. All right, we're going to start off with the positives, okay? Jalen Green, 
which Coach T a long time ago said he was really excited to see that kid play. Um, the first thoughts about Jalen Green are this. He's an NBA athlete, and it says elite athleticism, like top 1% in the NBA athleticism. He stood out in scrimmages with his uh, hustle and his uh, closeout ability. He needs to continue to work on his shot. So his outside shot is not there as of yet. But at 6'6", he could be somebody who could guard 1, 2, and 3 easily in the NBA. And he has a ton of upside. So scratching the surface. So Jalen Green looks good. So, so far, so good. All right, Jonathan Kaminga is also an interesting prospect. And he's also part of the G League uh, system as well. And this is what he said about Jonathan Kaminga. He said he's a big, rangy kid. He has a level of maturity that's beyond his 18 years. Um, he has some Kawhi in his game. That was some of the report about Kaminga. He's 6'8". He's like 220. And he has some Kawhi in his game. But the thing that really stood out to me about the scouts... Um, low profile was how mature he was, how advanced he was as an 18-year-old. And the great thing about what these kids are getting, they're getting NBA coaching, okay? They're getting NBA coaching under the watchful eye of one Brian Shaw. Well, Brian Shaw coached the Nuggets for a while. He was also on NBA championships with Kobe and Shaq, my man played in the league for a lot of years. So he has a lot of wisdom. He has a lot of guidance that he can give these kids who are definitely going to need it. And they're getting pro ready for the pro game. So verbiage and system aren't going to give them any issues when they go into the NBA. Because they're gonna they're getting pro coaching right now, so that's great. All right, a couple other guys that um, one guy that uh, Coach T was really talking about, and I'm actually when I got this report, I didn't know if I was gonna even do it, but Isaiah Todd, the forward that's also part of the G League Elite team, the scout said this: all the tools of an NBA player. But he has to turn on his want to. And he has to turn it on more. Would have benefited by playing with an elite college program. Wow. So, from what they've gathered, is that Isaiah Todd, in this competitive environment, is showing lack of fire. Showing lack of competitive spirit. So, it seems like he has an on-off switch, and it seems like it's more off than on. That's the feeling that I got from the scout is that it wasn't, he would flash some great, you know, athletic skills, and then he'd be real proud of that for a while, and then he would go away for like six to eight minutes in the scrimmage. That's not a good look, especially if you're trying to get drafted 
And the one thing about the NBA G League situation is that the microscope is going to be on you because every team has something vested into that G League. They have teams of their own. Okay? So they have player personnel guys who are always scouring these you know these players because they're the quickest guys that they can sign to come and play for their team, which is the NBA team. So if this is what he's putting out to the scouts, I am really worried about where he's going to end up in the draft next year or actually later on this year. So Isaiah Todd, so far, yo, man, you got to step up yo, your competitiveness. My man, you got to wake up early and maybe possibly get you a bowl of Wheaties. Maybe you should have your girlfriend or somebody close to you make you an inspirational mixtape. Whatever it is that you got to do, it looks like you have to step it up because the scouts have not been impressed so far. And that leads me to the last guy. Dyshawn Nix. He was actually the heavily recruited point guard that was going to go to UCLA. And he was all over the ESPN Top 100. So here's the scouting report on Dyshawn Nix. He, he should have gone to UCLA. He seems very heavy-footed. Lacks elite quickness and doesn't show any lateral quickness in his game. I don't know if Knicks will even be drafted. That's the scouting report on Dyshawn Knicks at this present time. Listen, you don't have to be the fastest point guard in the world. But the one thing you have to do, if you have to show that, hey, you know angles and you know how to stop the opposing guard to get into the hole every single time. I mean, some of the words that were used was basically like turnstile defense, Olay defense. These were terms that were used, okay? I'm not a scout. This is not what I do. I watch a lot of basketball. I have a pretty good gauge of what I'm looking at. But when somebody says to me, hey, listen, what I do literally for a living, you know, I'm going to go ahead and give credence to to this person. Plus, they've been real good to me. So, um, Dyshawn lacks elite quickness, and he doesn't show a lot of lateral quickness. I mean, you're a point guard. You got to be able to think about the guys that are in the league right now. These are the guys that Deshaun Nix was looking forward to playing. Next year in the NBA, you take out the Steps of the world, you take out the Damian Lillards of the world, and who do you got? You still got a lot of guys that are going to give him problems. Dennis Schroeder is as quick as a hiccup, okay? Um, You got Shea Gilgis Alexander in Oklahoma City. You have John Morant. You have... Whoever is the point guard in New York, okay? you And then, you know, God, Kyrie, James Harden, Kyle Lowry, Drew Holiday. 
I mean, these are the guys that he's going to have to go up against every single night in the association. So it does not bode well for my man, Deshaun Nix. So my man, it looks like you might need to drop about 10. And somebody needs to get my man some uh, some agility drills to help his situation out. Because I was, as a UCLA fan, I was looking forward to seeing that kid at UCLA. And to see this happen to him... I really wish he would have went to UCLA now. And that was my one thing about this whole new, you know, if you want to call it experiment, was were guys who had aspirations too quickly to jump to the league going to get exposed to the point where now there's a book out on you and now you have to basically somehow discredit the whole book. That's what Dyshawn Nix is going through, and that's what Isaiah Todd is going through. And I just hope that um, their practices and scrimmages from this point on get a whole heck of a lot better because I want to see both those I want to see both those guys get drafted next year. So got a couple more uh, player profiles and then we got some real exciting news for you. But let me get to these real quick. A couple weeks ago, I talked about James Knight out of UConn. And I said, yo, if you can catch a game of his, go ahead and do so. Um, I had a scout tell me a little bit about him. So I'm going to bring you that information. And if you have not seen a UConn game, please see one. I think he's out for the next couple weeks, though. I think his ankle. So what you want to do. It's kind of towards the end of February. Kind of put that in the memory bank. Put that on your uh, calendar, your Google calendar. And check out James Bowman or Bow Knight of UConn. So this is what the scout said about him. Said that he's a Brooklyn kid. So right off the bat, he's tough. Shouts out to Brooklyn. Outstanding athlete. A fantastic finisher. He's very adept at getting Getting his off the bounce. He says that James Bonite is has an NBA game right now. So my man can get to the rim at any point in time on any part of the floor. It doesn't matter. That's what he's saying right there. The handle is nice. The quickness is nice. And if, he, if he's a Brooklyn kid, here's the deal. That's a tough-nosed kid. You're not going to punk him, okay? So you, so the pack bevs of the world that talk a lot, a lot of trash, oh, he eat that up all day, every day. He would eat that up all day, every day. Another guy that I got some news on is Gonzaga's forward, Corey Kispert. Now, if you haven't seen the Gonzaga game, Right now, they just, they look crazy unstoppable. They got a lot of dudes. And here's one of their top guys. But he's not the guy. They got others. Okay? All right. Corey Kispert, he continues to work on his game. He's always taking coaching criticism and adding those coaching tips and criticisms to his game. He's always adding something. 
you always see something different from him. So one scout believes that he will be a top 20 NBA prospect. The other thing that he does, he's an elite shooter. Dead eye. He's a dead eye killer. And don't worry about whether he can get his own shot off because we can go ahead and put those rumors to rest. He definitely can get it. Okay. Um, the big thing on him is, is that he was the person that took advantage of last year's NBA kind of scouting. And it kind of projects where you're going to be coming in the upcoming draft. So he was thinking about coming out last year. And they said, hey, you know, you have to work uh, off the dribble. You have to come off screens a little cleaner and be ready to lock and load and shoot. So you know what my man did? He literally went out and tried to work on those areas. And he's come back. And he's a different guy. My man is always in double digits. My man is shooting lights out at three right now. I mean, it's not even... It's comical what he's shooting from three point right now on that team. Okay, so that's another guy to keep your eye out on. All right. And the last guy that I want to talk about is somebody that I did not know about a couple weeks ago. And that is Texas center Kai Jones. A couple weeks ago, I kind of brought up his name and I said I didn't know his game. I said I had to go in to the video. I had to go into the YouTube and see what my man was all about. I needed to catch a game and see what he was doing on the court. And I think I also said that I was really impressed with Greg Brown. So I'm going to marry both of those guys together right now. But we're going to talk about Kai Jones first. Okay? So Kai Jones is a tremendous athlete. But he's a real project. You can't draft Kai Jones this year and expect real production out of him. If you have two picks in the first round and you can wait until year three of his NBA career, you will have a really good NBA player for another 10 years. Your staff must be really good at player development. So what they're saying about this kid is that the scout told me, he was like, he has something. He's just super raw. That's what he told me. He was like, he has crazy bounce. He has um, good, you know, jumping ability. His timing is when he's on the open court and he can chase you down, it's crazy good. But if he's in a situation where he's helping off of his primary um, person that he's supposed to defend, and then give help to the middle. Sometimes he's late. Sometimes he's early. But what I did get is that his improvement level from last year to this year is leaps and bounds. And they are really excited about what he's going to look like in three years. So if he does come out this year, you're definitely going to have to say, hey, we're not expecting anything from you. Actually, you're just going to go to the G League, and we're just going to keep you there. And then you're going to have 
hopefully really good player development that sees the full potential of his game and then go from there. All right. Now, Greg Jones, a lot of people are comparing him to Patrick Williams. And I'm going to tell you, if that's the comp for that kid, he he stood out every time I watched him. Every time I see a Texas game, he does something that you go, okay, yeah, that's really good. That's something that translates to the next level of basketball, which is the NBA. So Texas has some guys down there, and I can't wait to see what they're all about as we continue to go along, as long as the season stays intact and it doesn't get ravaged by COVID. So without further ado, I do have big news for this podcast and for QP Nation. I have the return of the man. Coach T is back. And he has a player profile for us. So you know what? Let's get to it. But you don't hear me though. What it do, everybody? It's Coach T stepping in here today, man, on the QP Sports Exchange, man. And I'm back. It's been a long time, man. You know, my brother from the West Coast, Vince, man. Shouts out to you, man, for for getting with me and, and, and giving me some homework, man. So today I'm bringing to you guys a breakdown on Luca Garza, man. And I'm pretty sure you guys know who he is. You watch college basketball. And really the question is, can his game translate to the NBA? And to be real, I really don't know. You know, I've had the opportunity, you know, to watch a lot of college basketball. And you guys know I'm a, I'm a Carolina fan. It took me all of 45 seconds to mention the Tar Heels. But the reason I mention that is because in the ACC, I've had the opportunity to watch a lot of really good college basketball players. And I put a lot of emphasis on the word college basketball players because in college, you can dominate on a certain level, and it, it doesn't translate to the NBA. Just to name one player in particular from Carolina, and that's Tyler Hansborough, who had an amazing career at Carolina, an amazing career. I mean, we we won a championship. I mean, he broke all kind of records, scoring records. I think he broke um, Phil Ford's scoring record at Carolina. He was just amazing and, and almost seemed unstoppable every night for Carolina. But that did not translate to the NBA. Now, your definition of success in the NBA and my definition of success in the NBA may be two different things. But for some people, it may say, hey, longevity is success in the NBA. I'm able to stay on a roster. I was able to make, you know, X amount of dollars playing the game I loved. Was I a star? No. Was I, you know, did I, you know, average a certain amount of points per game? No. But I was able to contribute and to compete in the league with the best players on the earth. And so for some people, that may be deemed success. And I get it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I, I don't 
uh, doubt for a second that it's extremely hard to not only to make it to the NBA, but to stay in the NBA. It, it's not easy because every year you have younger players coming in that are hungry and ready to prove themselves and to take care of their families and, you know, whatever, you know, is the driving force behind them making it to the NBA. You have you have to go against that every year. You have to worry about somebody coming in to take your job every year. And on top of that, you have the G League where players in the G League are, are fighting for a chance to make it to the NBA and to play in the NBA. And so um, the reason I say that is because I don't want to ever downplay that accomplishment of making it to the league. But today, I'm going to talk about Luka Garza, right? You've seen the numbers. The numbers are crazy. You know, I, I kind of really had to do even more homework on the guy. And, and it's rare that you have a four-year player today that dominates at the level that he does and still we're asking the question will his game translate to the nba why are we asking that question when you look at his stats and his numbers and, and it, it shots out the luca garza man i didn't know he was born in the dmv uh he, he, he doesn't strike me as a, a dmv kid you know i know it's a lot of hoopers from the dmv man they produce a lot of good basketball players um but you know he's six foot 11 265 He's a beast in the paint. Like you, you give it to him. It's you know back to the basket. Number one is bully ball in college. He's gonna get it. He's gonna turn around. He's gonna score pretty easily. And that's why I say he kind of reminds me of Tyler Hansborough. Tyler Hansborough did not have that um, the physique, you know, the you know the physical you know attributes that Luca Garza has, but he dominated in the painted area. Um, definitely wasn't uh, as good of a shooter as Luca Garza is, like from the three pointer. Because like when you look at his um, his stats, 61 percent field goal percentage, which, you know, from his freshman year to his senior year, it has constantly went up. I think it dipped down in his sophomore year just a little bit. But for the most part, you know, he went from being a 55 percent field goal shooter to this year, 61 percent. And that's telling me that he's getting easy shots. And you look at the highlights, he's literally getting the ball in the paint and he's going straight up. To me, that's not going to work in the NBA. That's not going to work in the NBA because you're going to get in the league and you're going to have to have more in your bag. And he's not that athletic to be able to, uh, you know, jump over guys or to dunk on guys. So he's going to have to do a little bit more. All right. Um, This is where I believe he does have a chance to make a difference on a roster. And that's being able to stretch the floor. His three-point percentage this year is, is is hovering around 46%. That is amazing. To be able to be his size and to shoot it, you know, at a, at a high clip like that, that alone may give him an opportunity to get in the league and contribute. Now, whether he's able to stay in the league, uh, I don't know about that. Because he will have to develop uh, – other parts of his game like really like when it comes to passing the basketball i look at a guy like the joker right who plays for denver we we watch him his ability to pass the ball is off the charts he's not the most athletic guy um he doesn't shoot a ton of three-pointers but he can make them you know he's more of a back to the basket type of guy but what makes him special is his ability to pass the ball luca only averages about um one and a half assists per game and over the course of his college career it's it's stayed around that amount i mean this year may be the highest one and a half but as a freshman he averaged one 
you know, as a sophomore, less than one assist a game, <laughs> you know, as a junior, 1.2 assists per game, he's going to have to get better in that area. And to be real, the only time that, you know, his passes are really effective or the only reason they're effective in the college game is because he's so dominant in the paint and his team depends on him so much that he's getting double team, triple team at times. That's not going to happen in the NBA. All right. That's not going to happen. So in order for him to become a better passer, he's going to have to start really, really working on that now. Um, you know, his dominance this year, you can really I don't, I don't want to take anything away from his hard work and everything he's put into it. But honestly, the lack of talent, you know, at the big man position right now in college, there, there's a there's a there's not a ton of big men in, in college that are, you know, even remotely close to competing against him or stopping him. And so I think that has a lot to do with it too. There's just not a lot of talent right now. The talent pool at the, you know, the forward and the big man position, especially with the style of play that, you know, he presents. I don't, I don't, I can't really compare him to very many players in college right now. Here's the thing with Luca. He's going to have a chance to get drafted, maybe second round, maybe late second round. Maybe he doesn't get drafted at all and has to, you know, get signed to a free agent deal and, and come in and have to prove himself. You know, if summer league ever happens again, I, I wanted to say summer league, but maybe he proves himself in the preseason or something like that. But he's going to have to, it's going to be an uphill battle. He's a senior, which you know how the NBA works. It's all about potential. They're trying to get the youngest guys. So the, the 18, the 19 year old guys, the guys that, you know, played in the G League this year, um, you know, overseas kids that are really young and have a ton of potential. These guys are going to get drafted ahead of him. It doesn't matter whether he averaged 26 points and nine rebounds in college. He's a senior. And unfortunately, the NBA doesn't look up to that. It's not something that, you know, they, they're just on potential. They're based on potential. So a lot of GMs, I would imagine, will look at him as a guy that has reached the ceiling in college already. And, you know, unfortunately for him, that's going to be one more thing he's going to have to fight against to try to get into, you know, get on the NBA roster. But can he do it? I think he can. You, you don't work this hard. You don't uh, dominate the way he's dominating in college and, and don't find a way to get into the league and to stick in the league. Look, because. I mentioned Tyler Hansborough at the beginning of, you know, the segment because I look at him as someone similar. Tyler Hansborough dominated in college. Um, it, it wasn't a night that he played where he didn't give 110%. He didn't, you know, lead the team in scoring, rebounding, effort, energy, all of the above. But it just didn't translate to him doing that in the league. But can Luca earn $50 million over eight years of playing in the league? I'm sure he can, but it's going to take some hard work. Again, he's going to have to find his role um, in the NBA, whether that's a rebounder, an effort guy. You know, I don't, I don't think he defends that well. Um, he doesn't get up and down the floor that well. He's not, he's not super athletic. So it's kind of concerning for me um, as far as with the defensive side of things. But, you know, if you want it bad enough, you'll work hard at it and you'll make it happen. So right now, if I was to put money on it, I'm not a betting guy, but I would I would say that when a new NBA season starts next year, that Luca Garza will be on a roster. 
Um, he will contribute, but he will not be an all-star. <laughs> he will not be a superstar. He will be none of the above. Um, and, I, and I'll say right now that he'll get drafted. He'll be the guy that gets drafted at the end of the second round. Somebody will take a chance on him. So that's my two cents on Luka Garza. I believe that he can make his way to the NBA. I believe that he can find a way to stay in the league if he works hard enough. But it's definitely going to be an uphill battle. He won't be a first rounder. He won't be an early second rounder, but he'll definitely get in the NBA. So that's what I think. Maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe Luca listen to this episode and he'll get fueled and and uh, fired up at me so that he can work harder. But I'm pretty sure he already has uh, motivation and um, a chip on his shoulder to to be great. So I, I hope that he proves me wrong. I hope he goes out there and um, just just does the complete opposite of what I'm saying today here on the episode. But you know, that's what I think. If you guys have any questions, any concerns, you know, you guys disagree with me. You already know I'm on Instagram 24-7. I'm on Twitter 24-7 at Mud Talk Podcast. Or you can just hit me up at the QP Sports Exchange, man. You know you can find me on there as well. But it was nice being on here again, man. Shouts out to the West Coast, man. I love you, man. And uh, I'll talk to you guys soon. All right, QP Nation, um, tomorrow is the anniversary of the passing of one Kobe being Bryant. Now, as a Laker fan, a lifelong Laker fan, um, Kobe brought so many great moments um, as a fan of the Lakers to me. Now, I will never tell you that Kobe was my favorite Laker. My favorite Laker of all time is one Magic Johnson. You know, we call him the mogul now. But Kobe has a real special place in everybody's heart. Because Kobe just wanted it. Kobe just, it meant a lot to him. And the one thing that Kobe did, he tried even when he didn't have it. You know what I'm saying? Like, think back to his rookie year when he was just brave enough to shoot multiple air balls, three, three-point shot air balls. You know what I'm saying? He didn't have any fear of trying. He had no fear of failing because it was all just a learning tool for him, for him to get better. And the competitive fire burned deep inside that man to the point where we now have Mamba mentality. You know, uh, Kobe left left us a lot of great memories, but I think Kobe also left us a lot of great lessons. How you hear about the guys talk about him around the league, they talk about him as, you know, the ultimate girl dad. That wasn't even a phrase until Kobe. The man went out and won an Academy Award, like pretty much literally right after he left the game. He was a big proponent in women's athletics, women's basketball, and he was leading the charge there because he was pouring all his knowledge into Gigi, rest in peace, baby girl. Shots out to Vanessa Bryant and her children. But I don't want to just talk about what he left us. 
I want to talk about how he made us feel. And the best way that I can tell you about that is your YouTube clip of the day is the June 14th, 2000 finals against the Indiana Pacers. Now, a 21-year-old Kobe Bryant sees his, in a sense, his Batman file out, right? Shaq files out. And it was a obviously a hotly contested game because it was in overtime. And what does Kobe do? He's like, nah, man, don't trip. We're good. We're going to be okay. Kobe then knocked down four shots. He scored eight points in that overtime. He grabbed a critical rebound. He blocked a shot. And he let Laker Nation know that even with Without the big Aristotle, big Shaq in the middle, everything was still going to be all right. And I think that's the lesson that's also learned from his passing. Is that we will never forget. We will never forget you, Kobe. We will never forget what you gave us. We will never forget the pride that we have in our city because of you. They say L.A. is a Laker town. I say it's a Kobe town. Ask LeBron James. Shouts out to the king. But I just wanted to leave you guys with that. I wanted to leave you guys with my memory of, my best memory of uh, Kobe Bryant. Because that's, that's when the kid became a man. That's when the formation of the Mamba mentality started. It probably started way back, but for me, when I caught the first glimpse of it was June 14th, 2000 finals against the Indiana Pacers and the legendary Reggie Miller, who we talked about on this podcast already. So your YouTube clip of the week sponsored by YouTube TV and endorsed by your boy Vince is the late Kobe Bryant. Rest in paradise, my brother. We are praying for your family, and we are praying for your friends, and we are praying for the people that was lost on that day, on that faithful day. Don't forget about the others that were lost on that day. All right, with that, I'm out. We're bouncing. I hope you enjoyed the show. Brooklyn, you know who your life coach is, okay? Um... The other thing is this, usually when I bounce, I got some stuff to tell you, but I didn't get into any of this today, so we're going to take this one second to give shout outs. It is very important to me to express to QP Nation how very, very humbled and how very grateful that I am that you guys listen. And we're always talking about growing the community and we're always talking about we got to get better. We're looking at the ringer. We're coming for the ringer. And we, no doubt, that is exactly the goal. We are coming for Bill Simmons' head. Do not even think that I'm backing off of that at all. But the only way to get there is with you. When we win, we give you information. I'm looking through my email today. And I get an email from Apple. 
and Apple tells me, congratulations. You're the 81st ranked podcast in France. I was like, what? Nah. I had to read it again. And yes, I have email confirmation that we are getting it in in France. Shouts out to France. Alright? Shouts out to my people in France. Shouts out to my people that's hanging out at the Louvre. Check on the Mona Lisa for me. You know what I'm saying? Shouts out to you, France. Big ups to France. But big ups to the whole QP nation. Big ups to all of you. We are growing this community. I am so blessed and humbled to be here with you. Um, your ways of getting in touch with me are real simple. On Twitter, it's QPP Network. On Instagram and Facebook, it's Question Point Pod Network. Real easy. We want to interact. We want to entertain. We want to inform. But mostly, hit us up. Let us know what you're thinking. Let us know if there's a team that we need to highlight. Let us know if there's a, a old game that you want us to kind of go over. Tell us trade scenarios. Tell us free agency pickups. Tell us anything you want when it comes to B-Ball Monday. All right? So, shouts out to whole QP Nation. We doing it big. We've invaded France. You know what I'm saying? Yo, Canada. Y'all came up too. So, I'm shouting y'all out as well. You know the U.S. You know that's where I dwell. So, that's going to get that love too. India is still doing it real, real big. Ireland. Belgium joined us last week. Welcome, Belgium. By the way, if you're new to the program, go back and go to the archive pods because you're going to hear vernacular. You're going to hear vocabulary that you've never heard before. And other people are going to be in on the joke. So earlier I talked about Jared Goff and Football Fridays going to see Tony Robbins, so I couldn't allow Tony Robbins to help out the Brooklyn Nets at this point in time. He a little busy with my quarterback. So dig into the archive pods. Get yourself caught up on some of the things that we kind of bring up from time to time. And again, I'm just going to say thank you. So we're out. I'm going to bounce, and what that means is that you need to be good to yourself, okay? Be good to your loved ones, you know what I'm saying? Shout them out, you know, show them appreciation. And if you have it within your means, help out your fellow man, help out your neighbor. You don't have to do it with money. You can do it with prayer. You can do it with just a hearty hello, a hearty's greeting. You know what I'm saying? See if somebody needs to talk, you know, because we're all isolated. You know what I'm saying? We're supposed to be continuing to mask up and all that. Something that we need to definitely do. 
so we can get rid of this virus, so we can start going to games, right? Start really being in the arenas. All right? And then our last thing is this. If you're struggling with mental illness, if you're struggling with depression, if you're struggling with anxiety, go talk to somebody. All right? Get yourself together. Um, There are many people who are probably in your corner that you didn't even realize. All right? And if you have somebody who is struggling with those issues, go talk to them. Try to get them some help. Try to see they see. Try to help them see that they need help. And just be there. Alright. Alright QP Nation. Your boy Vince is out. QP Sports Exchange is coming to an end. And you know what that means. We are out.